This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Marlins around the horn is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Welcome on back. It is January 13th. I'm Kyle Seeloff. He whom you cannot see is our very own J.P. Aaron Sebia. And this is Around the Horn, week two of our off-season radio show on Fox Sports 940 AM Miami. Good to be back with you tonight and every Thursday from 6 to 7 o'clock locally back home here in Miami. Uh, buddy, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing good. I am, uh, you know, I feel like every year as a baseball player, once the new year starts you feel like all right it's go time so even for me now i still have that little bit of a fire that once january 1st hits 2022 it's uh getting ready for season time and i'm sure that's what the boys are doing and that's where i've gotten mentally uh contrary to what you probably think it's nice to see you glad you're well hopefully we'll see more of each other fairly soon if they can get all this squared up with the lockout uh and baseball activities can resume but kind of bizarre right i mean like what do you think these guys are doing i guess getting ready but there's a lot of guys that are probably supposed to be making big money this year that are without a team they have no idea when they're going to be on one yeah i think this is a weird time for a player if you're especially a free agent right like if you got the one of the lucky guys that were able to sign a deal Prior to the lockout, you're feeling good, I would imagine. Uh, If you're a guy in limbo, you're probably starting to question, you know, how it's going to go, how long it's going to go. But, you know, you have to do what you have to do to prepare. And I'm sure every player is doing what they would normally do to get ready for a season, which is you're training, you're you're picking up your baseball activities, and and you're going to go at it as if spring training is going to start on time. And you have to because the last thing you want to do is be surprised by anything. So, I don't think uh, anything changes for guys as far as preparation. It just becomes a, you know, an uncertainty of when is the season going to start? Is it going to start on time? But as far as preparation, guys will all be ready for it starting on time. Yeah, a lot of uncertainty. Hopefully, if it were to drag out into spring, everybody still had three to four weeks. They could probably get going. Um, uh, Time now for tonight's starting lineup on Around the Horn, presented by Nudge, the official coffee snack of the Miami Marlins in Lone Depot Park. Do the undoable. Two more interviews tonight. My extended and full conversation with Victor Mesa Jr. is kept up in just a couple of minutes, and New Marlins third base coach Al Padrique will follow. We'll wrap everything up with another installment of Three Strikes and You're Out. Uh, JP, we've got to be vague here, but curious what you thought of the moves made before the work stoppage. The Marlins locked up their ace. They swung a deal with the Rays, and they shored up their outfield. What would you kind of make of some of those moves? Well, first off, I think that by making sure that the ace is around for a long time, I thought that was the number one thing that had to be done. Uh, You know, every start made, I felt like, okay, this, the talk, the the clock is ticking right on, on this guy was making him, making himself the best right-handed arm in major league baseball, or if not arguably one of the best. And so you had an opportunity to lock him up, which they did. And I'm very happy that they did because uh, he is a special, special, one of a kind uh, kind of arm. And that's what you want to have as an ace. 
Uh, I love what they did in the outfield. I love that they uh, were able to shore up uh, a corner spot, which is going to be big and somebody who has been able to play also center field and do some things and play all over the, the outfield, really. And then, you know, added more power. Uh, obviously, behind the plate, I think that they did a good job of adding a guy who has been about as good as you can be behind the plate defensively. And, uh, you know, that's what you want back there. Uh, he's been able to, to contribute offensively as well. So uh, I think that so far it's been fun to watch. It's been, it's been something that if, if you're a fan, you have to be uh, excited because they are really kind of, if you look at it, they're, they're putting their money where their mouth is, right? Because they are doing what they've said. They're going to start to spend. They're going to start to make a, 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 you know, a, a drive to make this team a winning caliber team and a competitive team. And, you know, I'm sure they're not done yet. And I'm sure I'd, I'd like to see another move. I love the Tampa Bay. I feel like they, they trade quite a bit with Tampa Bay, which also gives them a possible leadoff hitter, which is something that I think that the Marlins are in need of is somebody at the top of the lineup that you can pencil in every single day. That is an actual leadoff hitter. Cause I, I think that's something that is, that is when you're looking at the lineup, you need to have in this lineup is a, is a real true leadoff hitter. Yep, I agree. Obviously, again, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of people encouraged by what they've done to date, probably not done when they're allowed to start working again. JP, stand by. You will be back with us in just a little bit. When we return, my extended conversation with Marlins prospect Victor Mesa Jr. You're listening to Around the Horn on your home for Marlins baseball, Fox Sports 940 AM Miami and the iHeartRadio app. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Marlins offseason is underway. Around the Horn is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Welcome back to Around the Horn on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Good to be back with you. I'm Kyle Seeloff, joined alongside tonight by my buddy J.P. Aaron Sebia. Time now for my full and extended conversation with Marlins prospect Victor Mesa Jr. Victor Mesa Jr., why are you playing baseball? You love soccer. I don't even know, man. I think I was because when I was in Cuba, my boy was a, a legend over there in baseball. He introduced myself to the baseball teams. I'm not going to lie. I want to be a soccer player, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I know that I got like a, something special to play baseball, and I try to put in play when I'm in the field. I think you've made the right choice, but... Messi holds up your jersey. What was that like? Uh, I'm going to tell you a, a quick history. Uh, I know that he was in Miami because he did some posting on Instagram. I got a friend that he, he called me and he said, bro, Messi is in Miami and you're, gonna, and you're not, not going to do anything for, for Washington or something? <laughs> I'd say, damn, you're right. And um, uh, I just go to the house. I, I, I don't know how I, how I get, the, how the, how I get the, the location. The, the guy who do the uh, physical therapy, uh, Jorge, 
he sent me the location. Hey, he's in this house. <laughs> but it's so late. It was like 11, 11.30 at, at night, almost midnight. I used to go. Uh, when I get there, it was like a big house, like three, uh, three, three pieces. Stories. Three story. But the good thing was he was here and the house of his, uh, of the other family was like two houses away. Yeah. And I got the, the luck that I saw his father go away walking around oh. to the Messi family, to the Messi house. And I know him because obviously I know everything about Messi, I think. <laughs> uh, when I saw him, I said, George, he said, hurry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, I don't want to bury you. I'm a baseball player for the Marlins, but I just want to take a picture with Leo. I don't, certainly, let me know if I can come tomorrow, so whenever, like, trust me that I don't, I don't want to bury you. I can't because he, I'm a big fan. <laughs> and he told me like in a bad mood. No, that's, gonna, that, that, that's not gonna be possible. I said, no, damn, but it's okay. I just, <laughs> I just, no, hear this. And I, a few minutes later, uh, he's, the nephew's Messi, he come away, he say, hey bro, George want to apologize for what he did. I said, bro, don't worry about me. Trust me, like, I know how you guys live, how, what are you guys gonna do to uh, be uh, around the, the fans. Right. I said, don't, don't worry. I know that he don't want to say that, but it's 11 30 at the night. I'm the guy <laughs> who I'm bothering you guys. <laughs> no, no, you guys to me. And I say, bro, like, if you now you hear like, can I take a picture with Leo? And he said, bro, it's too late. He was like, he woke up too early. I said, okay, I bring my jersey. I only need the, if you can bring uh, my jersey to him, we'll be grateful. Like, I'll be grateful all my life. And the next day, we, we followed follow, uh, each other on Instagram. You were messy? No, the nephew. Oh. No, no. Yeah. Hopefully the future. Right. Hopefully the future. Right. No, but, and the next day, uh, it was like 2 p.m. I texted I text him, the, the nephew, August, I think, yeah. Uh, I text him and I say, hey bro, how are you? Finally, <laughs> you can do something. I was, it's like, uh, I cannot, I cannot uh, act like I'm not a fan because I am, you know? Yeah. I know, me, uh, in one day, if one day I know Messi, I'm not gonna act like a baseball uh, right. player. Like I can be my trout. Right. I'm not gonna right. act like a, like I'm a big famous baseball player. No, because I'm a big fan of him. Like, right. That's something that I got. If, if you're uh, my idol or something, I gotta let you know. Yeah. Well, he not answer me. I no. Uh -huh. yeah. Okay, I go to the play. 6 p.m. It was a terrible game. One for four, but with three strikeouts, I was like too mad. In Jupiter? Yeah, <laughs> we hammerhead. At the end of the game, I saw that picture that I was gonna say that <laughs> he sent me a picture and I'm gonna say that it was one of my best days of my life because that's it's not every day that you I don't hold your jersey and that was pretty incredible. Does he still have the jersey? I don't know. I used to I used to send him I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. But it was certainly it was like a pretty incredible and pretty grateful with his nephew, his dad, and everything that made this possible. And hopefully, um, I got a plan that I go to Europe. Maybe, maybe I go to see Griezmann. Griezmann is another uh, soccer player that yeah. I know. That is a big player too. But hopefully, on that trip, I know him too. Um, you don't know. Maybe. Hopefully. Are you the best soccer player in the Marlins organization? Of course. No doubt. No doubt. 
I'm not going to talk about baseball. Soccer? I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Let's talk a little baseball here, though. We saw you with your brother three years ago now? Almost four years ago. Right here at the ballpark when the two of you signed. Yeah, it was 2018. Uh, you play a little bit in 19. You don't play last year in 2020. You've played 158 minor league games, but this was your first full season. Yeah. How's baseball going? How's it going for you? It was a hard season. Uh, first long season for me it was it was good. Like I learned a lot this year, mm -hmm. ups and downs. You know how it is. But the good thing is like I, it was a terrible start for me of the season. And the good thing I I replaced that and. I can make like a good second part. I was proud of me, of my team, uh, everything, the coaches, everything who can do like possible this. It was a great season. Uh, almost we win the division. We lost the right. game. Uh, we want to play that that game, but we didn't. Like maybe next year we're gonna do it on the level that it that it gonna be. Go go back a couple of years, Victor, because as you and I sit here now. It's unbelievable that in a matter of three or four years, you're confident enough to sit here and speak English and do this interview. That probably wouldn't have happened all those years ago. How much confidence have you gained? I mean, you've taken the English classes seriously, the on-field stuff seriously. You should be proud of yourself, but how much confidence has that given you? I think uh, I was going to say that that's coming with my personality, yeah. I think, since my first year I learned the the basic and that's the that's the the, the principal the principal thing, you know. I used to learn like I'm not afraid to make a mistake. Right. I'm talking with my guys, Nas, Cyrus, Bennett, all the guys that I that have been part of my, my team. And the good thing is I used to try I not try to be only uh um I not I only not trying to be like a partner on the team. No, I try to be my friend, like right. know about him and what he doing, his hobby, everything. And when you know each other as well, you've been learning. And I think when you when you learn, maybe I I learn more outside than in the classes. Because right. in the classes you you learn how to do like a perfect thing or something like that. But on the field, under the locker, on the dog, everything you gotta learn that you gotta talk to them, how you how you talk to them if you don't speak English. So I gotta I gotta learn and hopefully I did. I know as well as you, but Yeah, but we, I, we I, do I do my thing. But there are not many guys. You come from Cuba, wherever you're you're Spanish speaking, whatever language you speak, there are not too many guys that are receptive to working this hard to put yourself in this position where you and I can sit here and talk today. Uh, what's something that you've learned about yourself since joining this organization? Sorry? What's something you've learned about yourself that maybe you didn't know before? Here now. I was gonna say, first of all, something that I didn't answer. I, I learned in four months. On my first year, I already speak English. But not as well as doing it right now, but you know, being perfect some things. But How'd you learn? Did you watch a TV show? Was it yeah. just book work or was it, how'd yeah. you do it? I watched Netflix, uh, Blacklist. That's how you learned English? Yeah, I watched Netflix, Blacklist, uh, talking with my guys, uh, or uh, listening to some music in English. Really? But, bro, the, the music that Nas put to me is too too fast. I can't, learn, I can't, I can't <laughs> hear it too much. I gotta put the translate. 
and after that, going to say, bro, that that song is is tough. It's pretty good. But something that I learned about me is like, no matter where I am, no matter where I where I, where I am, what place, always gonna be me. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm in Cuba, in Miami, uh, in Alaska, or in Europe, <laughs> whatever. Always gonna be me. Uh, no matter gonna be which gonna be the the situation, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna uh, say overpass, como que la voy a sobrepasar. Is it, that's okay? Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna overcome. And that's something uh, pretty cool. I, pre- I got pretty confident in me. And, and that, that's it. I think that's all. Like You've got a lot of personality. Yeah. Where are you at in your baseball career right now? How, how, do you, how do you feel on the field? How far do you think you are away from being a major league baseball player? I don't think. Uh, it's not too much different the, between the major league baseball and a minor league baseball. Yeah. I think uh, the difference is details. How fast do you learn the details? And that's what I'm doing in this camp, like learning details. I, when the, a coach talks something, I try to hear what they say. Right. When Dembo Jeter or whoever, Jeff, whoever is, sp- is speaking on that, uh, on that room, mm-hmm. I try to listen because that's going to that's gonna help me to be on another level. I think, obviously, the, the, the basic thing of baseball, I think I know it. Right. And I come, I, I, I already bring that, I think I come from Cuba. But I think the difference is in the detail, the consistency. Right. I think that's all, like, I need to be more consistency on my work, get a, get a routine, everything, I think gonna make me uh, be on another level. How often do you dream about making your major league debut in Miami in front of this crowd? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think about about that too much. I just trying to be the process. Like, I don't want to make a skip any any step. I just want now. I'm focused on the minor league. Uh, I don't know matter which level I'm gonna be next year. Uh, but obviously, one day is gonna happen in my mind, and I think gonna be great. All my family over there in the stands. Uh, all the fans, like, we, like all the Cuban fans that is coming. Like, my friends, everyone, uh, I, I hope they're gonna be uh, supporting me and it's gonna be a great day. There was a lot made of you playing with your brother. When you guys first got here, how much has he meant to you? How much have you meant to him? And has it been hard to not be with one another a whole lot? Since we signed, I know that, it, that it's gonna happen. Like, right. Obviously, he's older than me. He's he gonna play on the next level than me. But we we talk a lot when we are in the season. Like we are supporting each other. Uh, we're trying to be in contact every day. But uh, at the end of the day, that's something uh, personal. He's individual. He's not gonna go right. to home up to him for me. Right. So I'm trying to talk him. Like he advised me and try to bite him. But I say at the end of the day, it's something personal. I hope one day we're gonna be together here. That I think that's the level that we want to play together. Where do you see yourself in five years? Okay, uh, I think uh, be here, like be consistency. I be uh, uh, very uh, consistency here on the on the on the Marlins. Like I want to be here. I I don't want to move anywhere. I hope my brother stay here too. Meet Messi, <laughs> but I say like you stay here. Like I know. I don't know, like, no, I want to know a new experience. Yeah. How do you want to be remembered when your baseball career is over? 
I know something that always he trying to be himself. Uh, I don't know, like obviously when I when I be there, I want to I want to create my my uh, my punch, you know. Yeah. I try to be myself, and the guys try to remember me or one thing different, you know. Uh, I don't know, like Miggy, they know him like uh, the captain or Jeter uh, too. You know, uh, I think the time gonna say how they're gonna remember me, and I just gonna put my work on the field, and that's it. If you become an all-star, you're probably gonna be messy. I hope so, but you know, let the time come. I, I just work hard. And do you have the best style, by the way, in fashion? I like. Yeah, I like it. Better than your other teammates? I'm not gonna say that. I, I think uh, they all of them they got his self his self style, but. I like how I dress, uh, <laughs> how I live, uh, I don't know, like, we are different. You've got a lot of personality. It's been fun to sit down with you. Um, the only thing I want for you now is just to meet Messi. I know that would mean the world to you. I don't mean, what heck with baseball. Just meet, uh, meet Dreda, but thank you, Victor. You're thank welcome. You so thank you for having me here. Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, that was Marlins prospect, Victor Mesa Jr. Thank you to Victor for joining us and hanging out. And uh, we've got the video version of that. You can check it out on the Miami Marlins YouTube channel. Coming up on the other side of the break, another conversation for you tonight, this time with Marlins' new third base coach, Al Padrique. More around the horn right after this on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeart. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Miami Marlins Around the Horn Show with Kyle Seeloff is on. Fox Sports 940 Miami. Welcome on back to Around the Horn on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app tonight with you every Thursday evening moving forward through the month of February. I'm Kyle Seeloff. J.P. Aaron Sebia is joining us tonight as well. Uh, we've checked in with Marlins prospect Victor Mesa Jr. It's time now for my conversation with new Marlins third base coach Al Padrique, one of the more enjoyable and fun conversations I've been able to sit down and have. Okay, joining us now is a gentleman that spent parts of three seasons in the major leagues as a shortstop with the New York Mets, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Detroit Tigers. Since his on-field retirement, he has managed in the minor leagues for the Diamondbacks, the Astros, and the Royals. He came back to the big leagues in 2003 as a third base coach for the Diamondbacks. He spent time as the Houston Astros bench coach. He joined the New York Yankees organization in 2013. He joined the Oakland A's big league staff in 2017. He was most recently the manager of the Marlins AAA affiliate, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, and it was recently announced he'll be back in the big leagues in 2022 as the Marlins third base coach and infield instructor. Let's say hello and welcome to the show, Al Padrique. Al, thanks so much for joining us. How you doing? Doing good, Kyle. Good morning. Uh, nice to have you know having me on the show. Uh, it's good to chat with you, and uh, I just run down all that stuff. Did you ever think <laughs> your career on and off the field would take you coast to coast through the minors and the majors so many times? Uh, not at all. Uh, you know, as a kid, uh, I grew up back in Venezuela. That's where I'm from. And my, my dream was to play, you know, in the major league, like all the kids. 
and my hero was Dave Concepcion, a shortstop in the 70s for the Cincinnati Reds. And, and my dream was to, you know, be like him. Uh, played a lot of years in the big league, uh, but it never crossed my mind that I wound up coaching this long, which I'm, I'm very happy, uh, very lucky, and thank God that, you know, he had given me the opportunity to stay in the game, which I, I love a lot. But again, uh, I've been in the game now for 43 years, and like I said, it never crossed my mind um, that I will last, uh, I will stay in the game this long. Throughout the course of 43 years, Al, what's the most important lesson you've learned forging so many different relationships? You've met thousands, managers, coaches, players. Uh, just treat people the way you want to be treated. That's the one thing that I learned from my parents. Uh, that's the one thing that Jose Tartabu Sr., he was my first hitting coach in 1995 when I retired, mm. and I managed the short season for the Kansas City Royal. And this gentleman helped me a lot. And that was the first thing that he told me. Hey, I know you have played the game long enough. You understand the game. You know the game, uh, the game well. But just remember one thing. Treat people the way, the way you want to be treated. And, and it stuck in my mind, uh, Cal. And I would say that's one of the reasons uh, that I met and ran into so many good people, players, coaches, staff, front office people. And, and uh, I can honestly say that I've been treated without respect. Take me back to when you were younger, Al, growing up in Venezuela. Um, you, me you mentioned Dave Concepcion, but what made you fall in love with the game of baseball? Was it him? It was him, basically. Well, from my dad's side, they'll play baseball, uh, uh, college level, uh, amateur. Uh, my dad and uh, his twin brother, they were uh, shortstop, second baseman con combination on the Army back in Venezuela for you know, over 13, 14 years. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think they still had the record on the so softball tournament. Uh, they turned uh, 13 double plays. And back then was a record. I don't know if it's still in place. But uh, my uncle, uh, he also, my dad's brother, uh, older brother, he also managed uh, one of the big college back in Venezuela. And he won a couple championships managing the, um, the, the college and the capital in Caracas. A uh, couple of my cousins uh, played, uh, you know, uh, through college. Uh, one of my cousins from my mom's side, which is Garcia, uh, he played for the Angel. He played for the Pirates. Uh, so it, it, it runs in the family, you know. And uh, anytime we get together, we start playing softball. We try to play <laughs> softball. And, and, yes, it, it, it runs in my family. And if I remember right, I started going to softball fields since I was four or five years old. Uh, you know, watching my dad play in his uh, softball tournament uh, in the Army. And, and since then, you know, uh, I love the game. And then when I was like 10, 11, and I started watching professional baseball back in Venezuela, that's where I saw Dave Concepcion. Back in those days, he was very popular because the Cincinnati Reds, uh, Red Machine. And I, uh, I saw him playing the game, and I just love the way he, he played the game and how he went by his business. You were around the game, obviously, growing up. It's in your family. It's in your blood. A at what age, Al, were, did you get the sense or did somebody kind of tell you, and it had to have been in your teens, maybe late teens, that you've got an opportunity to go play professionally. It's not going to be easy. You have to go to the United States. You have to do all this. But at, at what point in your life did playing Major League Baseball, professional baseball, become a reality for you? I would say, uh, Kyle, when I was probably 14, 15, 
the more I follow and watch baseball games back in uh, in Venezuela, and the, the few conversation that I had with Dave Concepcion, um, I remember telling him, and I was maybe like I say, 15 years old. Uh, I, I remember telling him that someday I would like to play, be a professional baseball player, and play in the majors like you 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 doing it. And he said, well, you know, it takes a lot of sacrifices. Make sure you get an education, finish, you know, high school. But in order for you to play the game on uh, real baseball, you somehow you have to play in the States. Back in those days in Venezuela, uh, professional baseball, professional athlete, uh, it wasn't a big thing in the country. You, gotta ha- you, you had to go to college, get a degree in order to, you know, be somebody in life. And then once baseball started growing and, and more people signed, started signing, and, and it seemed like a, uh, Venezuela embraced and, and accepted the fact that baseball was a career, okay? So Bodia was another guy that I talked to him quite a bit, uh, you know, uh, watching play for the Caracas Lions team back in Venezuela. And there was a big rival between Bodia's team and Dave Construction uh, teams in those days. So I ran into both Diaz and basically he said the same thing. If you want to play real baseball, you have to go to the States. Here in Venezuela, you know, you can play, but it's not going to be, it's not, you're not going to get an opportunity uh, to make a, a career. Right. So when I turned 16, 17, 16, I went to this uh, national uh, tournament, baseball tournament, and I represent my state. And uh, one of the scouts, uh, one of the reporters, uh, was a good friend of one of the owner in Venezuela. And he told me, hey, he asked me, would you like to play professional baseball? I said, yes, I'm dying. <laughs> I, this, that's my dream. And he said, well, I know the owner of the charge team that's based in the capital. And if you really want to play, I think you have a chance. You, have, you, know, you can feel, you can run, your arm is great. Uh, I think you have a chance to get signed. So that's how the whole process started. And finally, my opportunity came in 1977. I went to Argentina and played international team where we beat Cuba two to one. Mm. So when I came back, so when we came back to Venezuela, the reporter already talked to the owner about, about me. And then how, that's how I got invited to one of, like I would say, tryout uh, for a week in the capital. And, that, and then a, a scout from the Mets came to Venezuela, and that's how I got signed. What was the process like signing back then and the transition of getting to the States? Uh, the, the the process it was okay. I mean, back then the signing bonus they weren't too high, okay, especially right. for international players. But uh, I had a, a tryout for a week, and I remember we started like with fifty five uh, kids, mm. and then I made the final cut. And that year, that local team and the Mets they signed by seven players wow. out of fifty five, and I, I was one of them. You know, that's why I said, <laughs> thank God I got the opportunity. And, and that's how, you know, back then, scouts used to go to tryouts or so they got invited, but uh, one of the owners uh, on teams, uh, they ran tryouts for a week, week and a half, and they always, you know, keep players working out for the extra two weeks, and then the scout will come back and, and make the, you know, will make the final decision, the guys will be signed. So, you know, I was part of the group, uh, but uh, back then, I thought that was, uh, probably a little harder because by then it wasn't any academy. Right. You had to work out on your own or we plan on, on uh, private uh, teams. Uh, they probably, you knew somebody that uh, had a company like the phone company, cable company, 
and they will come up with these uh, teams and season. And that's how uh, back then baseball, you know, uh, the kids were wise or followed by scouts. Wow. Where was your first stop with the New York Mets? Where did you first land when you wow. came to the States? It was a, a beautiful New York. Uh, New York uh, it was the town, uh, Little Falls, New York. Oh, a small okay. town up in north, uh, Little Falls, New York. Yep. I, fell, I fell in love with a little town. Although I got homesick for a, a couple of weeks, uh, twice, I asked, I told the Mets, I want to go home, you know, and I remember calling my dad and I told them, I said, you know what, I would like to come home, I'm homesick. And my mom said, what a minute, you decide, you, you pick, we support you, right. we give you the option, you either go to college and get a degree, or you, if you want to play professional baseball, you're going to have to work hard, you know, to get to, to the big league, to the major, it won't be easy. And then when they told me, for you coming back, you go right into college. You're not going to hang around with your friends and do nothing. You go back to college, get a degree, then get a job. But, um, again, I was in Little Fall, New York, beautiful town. I met so many good people that took care of me. That You know, I stand in a couple of friends' house for free. I was living next to the, next, uh, to the stadium. Hmm. I, you know, I didn't have a car. I just walked to the stadium back and forth. It was great. Great experience for a kid that was 70 years old. Uh, you know, and this small town, and I was amazed, and I still appreciate the fact that they took care of me. Al, take me back 40 years. If you called your dad and said, I'm coming home, and you gave up baseball, what would life have looked like for you 40 years ago, and what would you probably be doing today? I would be teaching a physical education. Huh. Uh, oh, you know, yes, I, I always love sport. And as a matter of fact, my first three months in college before I, you know, right after I signed, I went back to Venezuela and, and did some classes. Uh, it was about, you know, uh, physical education, becoming a professional coaching, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, and my goal was to improve on my English. But uh, I, I would say that would be right now probably, I, I might be, probably I'll be retired, but, uh, <laughs> but I'll be, you know, teaching, uh, teaching kids how to play the game or, you know, play uh, any sports. Al, you debuted in 1987 for the New York Mets. Uh, that was a team – I find some of this stuff fascinating. That was a team that was one year removed from winning the World Series for the second time in franchise history and a roster that was still very much intact with a lot of star power. There has been the ESPN 30 for 30s on those 86 Miracle Mets. What was it like at 26 years old, a Venezuelan native coming to New York City – debuting in that city and being in that clubhouse. I know you weren't there long, but I'm sure you've got some fascinating stories from that team. Oh, it was amazing. I, I would say, Kyle, that started, right, you know, from spin training. When yeah. I got I got invited uh, to Big League Camp last year, that year, I was I thought, well, why they invite me? This team is loaded. They just won the, the, the World Series. I mean, they don't need players. That's when I realized, okay, they, they got to have extra players so the starters will get some rest. And, you know, be ready and would take the time to get ready for the season. And luckily, that you know, that, that spring training, I had a great spring. I hit well, played good defense. Uh, David Johnson played me everywhere as a first base and outfield, but I was short, second, third. And if I remember right, I think I played in, in every game and spring training that year. Wow. And remember back in those days, they had the B game and A game. Right. So sometime I will play the B game and he will say, well, stay for the A game, for the <laughs> afternoon game. So... Hey, a kid that got invited Big League Camp with a world champion that says, you better keep your mouth shut, don't complain, you get a chance to play. And like I said, I had a great spring. Dave Magan was supposed to be the third baseman that year. 
he got hurt. So he started the season on the DL, and that's how I made the team as a uh, backup infielder. Wow. Santana was a short, Wally Bachman was a second, Team Tuffle. So that team was loaded. And getting to New York, I remember we just flew from, you know, Florida to New York. And then from New York, we took the bus uh, to the stadium. And when I saw Cheese Stadium, I said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm here. And to, to tell you a quick story, in 1970, my parents took us to New York for Christmas. That was a Christmas present because back then my dad's twin brother was living in New York. Wow. Our first major league game, it was in Shea Stadium, Cincinnati Reds against the Mets. Really? Yeah. And I remember my dad got tickets way up there, like in the third level and left field. And it was so high and we could barely see the players. But, you know, after the game, we wait for Dave Concepcion. He came out, he signed an autograph, two photo. So for me, that was the greatest Christmas present uh, that I ever got in my life, uh, going to New York and got a chance to go to Chiefs Stadium. So in 1987, when I flew to New York and we drove into Chiefs Stadium, I said, oh, my gosh, I'm back in Chiefs Stadium. So it was great. Uh, you know, and also I was very nervous. Mm. And I'm not going to lie to you, I was very nervous. A kid that waited that long, played eight and a half years in the minor league, and finally got a chance to uh, be in the big league. Um, Al, what appealed to you about joining the Marlins and managing Jacksonville last season and ultimately now joining the big league club this upcoming season? Well, it's great. As a matter of fact, when I retired in 1995, I played for the Marlins and Triple A. Okay. in Edmonton, Canada. Oh, wow. So I have some kind of co connection, I guess, with the Marlins. And back then, we played with so many great players. Uh, you know, they, they just got drafted by the Marlins, you know. Uh, we played, I played with older, it was an older team, a lot of free agent, but it was a great team. And now, you know, coming back to the Marlins last year, managed AAA and also had great coaching staff, had great players. Uh, overall, you know, great team uh, to work with. Uh, we had a good year despite, despite all the problem with the pandemic, okay, all the protocol. Right. We ended up having a good year. Now getting the chance to uh, be the third base coach and field coach, I mean, it, it's great. Uh, and that's a sign, uh, Kyle, when you uh, work hard, you respect the game, you respect the people, and you do the things right, uh, you know, people will take care of you. you. You get rewarded for your hard work your dedication, your preparation, your respect for the game. And I think the Marlins is all about that, respecting the game and doing things the right way. Al, do you get the grandkids out in the backyard in Arizona? Do you practice your wave coming around third? <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's well, the off-season preparation look like? <laughs> well, not quite yet. They're only uh, uh, two years and a year and okay. a half. So I got to take it easy on them or my, my daughters, you know, will kill me. But uh, at least in my mind, believe it or not, in my mind, in my off time, I sit on the bike patio, whether it's smoking a cigar or have a, you know, a glass of wine. I'm thinking about the game, okay? Game situation. Uh, it's all about when you love the game, you have the passion. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm lying to you. Somebody will be lying to you for this. Oh, I don't think about the game at all in the offseason. Right. For me, that's a lie because I was thinking game situation, uh, who's on deck, uh, what type, where we are, the field, grass. So all those details that you have to pay attention as a third base coach, I always keep that in my mind because you guys stay sharp. Uh, the, people say the game changed. For me, the game is the same, okay? The preparation now is, is yeah, is deeper. You get a lot of information. 
but I always find a way to stay, uh, uh, you know, with the game and especially in my mind, stay sharp and, and ready. Al, we appreciate the time. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you. I look forward to doing so again soon and getting the opportunity to meet you in person when everybody reconvenes up in Jupiter in a couple of months. So thanks again. See you soon. You too, Cal. Thank you very much. All right, thanks to Al. Fun conversation. Looking forward to watching him work back in the big leagues in 2022. One final break when we return. It's time for three strikes and you're out. You're listening to Around the Horn right here on Fox Sports 940 Miami. And the- When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Marlins offseason is underway. Around the Horn is on Fox Sports 940 Miami. Back here on Around the Horn on Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app tonight. I'm Kyle Seeloff. He is J.P. Aaron Sebia. And before we hit the road, it's time for three strikes and you're out. Brought to you by Loop. Baseball cards don't have an offseason. Check out the number one sports card app at Loop. L-O-U-P-E. That is L-O-U-P-E dot cards. Loop dot cards. Okay, JP, here we go. I'm going to say strike one, strike two, strike three. I'm going to give you a topic. We'll give our answers. You'll go first each time. Are you ready? I am ready as I'll ever be. Strike one. Do you put ketchup on your hot dogs? 100%. You are a child. No, I'm not. I put ketchup, mustard, and relish. Uh, What do you put on your hot dog? Mustard, relish, or onions. Ketchup is for adolescents. That is remedial. That is disgusting. No, it's dude. You are. It's it's not my fault that you are a young man who acts like an eighty-year-old man. That has it's. That is nothing. You're telling me that I'm a. Yeah, it does. You're telling me that I'm an adolescent because I like ketchup. I mean, that's ridiculous. I like ketchup. It doesn't belong on hot dogs. Strike two. What? Wait, wait. Is that is that hot dogs? Is that a is that a different kind of hot dog? I had to drink some ice. I had to eat some ice before we started because I got a little thing going on with my throat right now. I misspoke, okay. but we're going to press on. Strike two. If your dog, Smokey, could talk, what do you think he'd say about you? Well, he'd say that uh, he likes me because what are you laughing about? It was just a long pause. That You were deep in thought. It was kind of funny. No, it, it, it's, it's because, you know, technology, you had a little... It, it froze a little bit. So oh, okay. uh, what Smokey would say would be, I appreciate you being uh, a little bit messy because it gives him things to actually uh, chew on, on on the floor and kind of pick up socks and then put them some places that they shouldn't be. Uh, so he probably uh, appreciates me being a little bit messy because it helps him stay entertained. He also uh, probably is fired up and thinks that I'm awesome because he's got a mohawk right now. So he probably right. is like, my dad's cool. And uh, honestly, the best part about him is he probably thinks that I'm like the most amazing person on this planet because every time he sees me, he's fired up. And even when I reprimand him, he still comes and gives me some love. So he would tell me, uh, I mean, that's what I think he'd say. I think he'd say, I'm an awesome dad. 
that I'm a lot of fun right. and that I feed him quite a bit. Okay. Um, I have a cat. She loves me. Cats are cats. Love her to death. We just, I mean, how do you know a cat of, loves you? How do you know cats love you? They don't even, there's no like, other than coming close to you and like. No, she cuddles like, me. Uh, oh my. I mean, so does Smokey, but at least Smokey like can jump and you call she him jumps. by his name and he responds. She he jumps. If you call, if, if you call her by her name, does she respond? Yes, she no. Does. Yes, she does. No, she doesn't. Okay. You're a liar. Strike three. If you were not working in baseball, JP would be entertaining himself in what industry? I would have liked to have been a lawyer. I would have liked to have been a person who um, really can ask questions. I think it's always fun to get to the bottom of the stuff. I, I grind people down. Sometimes uh, my significant other tells me that it's a little too much, but I like to huh? get to the, uh, I just like to get to the bottom of things. And so uh, <laughs> I, I very much will uh, make sure that I ask a ton of questions and uh, I, I want to know the in and outs. And, and I think that I've been cross-examined before in my lifetime. And uh, I what? Loved, what did you do? I, uh, you know, I, I, I've, had to be involved in lawsuits before. Oh, okay. All right. I've, perfect. Leave it yeah. at that. If you leave it at that, it, it sounds a lot cool. Yeah. Nothing, you. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing bad. I just, no, you made it sound it like really you've been cool. arrested. Like you were looking at oh, 10 oh, years no, no, of life no, and you got out of it. No, no, never, no. never. Here, here's a prime example. Uh, just watching on TV and watching, you know, any kind of lawsuit that is, is public and is, is being followed. I just love the questions of trying to, set somebody up to say what they don't want to say or, or convict themselves or whatever it may be. I think that it's a, it's a little bit of a chess game and I don't like playing chess, but I do love it uh, when you can kind of, I, I guess, do it in the, in the, okay. I would, uh, in the lawyers, the lawyerscape. I'd go after, I'd go after like companies and stuff like that. I wouldn't want to do like, okay. like, uh, like bad stuff. I'm going to keep this all in mind. Next time you just ask me a very just innocuous question, I'm going to, feel like you're trying to get to the bottom of something uh on my end uh i probably teach i'd love to mold the youth's mind i think i'd be able to do that really well um jp you would you would be a teacher yeah i'd be a great teacher any age too i can do kindergarten yeah, I, can, but what, I can teach yeah, but the what, color between yeah, the subject, lines though? or i can be a professor i could i could i could do what what subject anything i'm versatile no you're not you have to pick a subject pick one um you would i would see you being a good uh, golf instructor. Like you'd, you'd, you'd love to wear the goofy outfits every day. Um, you'd, you'd be, you'd have some great comedy on people that have bad swings. You'd, you'd be, a, you'd be a, an entertaining golf coach. I'll do a history professor. JP, thank you. That's all the time we have tonight. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, uh, professor. Uh, Kyle Seeloff. All right, that's it for tonight. Thank you to Ricardo Wanche back home at the Fox Sports 940 Miami studio. And J.P. Aaron Sebia, I'm Kyle Seeloff saying so long and good night. I'll be back with you next Thursday on your home for Marlins baseball, Fox Sports 940 Miami and the iHeartRadio app.